Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you today. All the good-looking people here today. It's awesome. You know, it's great when you look out and just see good-looking people. And I'm here to tell you there's no ugly person in the building. It's awesome. That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Today, I am so excited. Because today, as we begin this journey, we're doing this series called, Are We There Yet? I don't know about you, but there's things in my life that happen. It seems like it's happened before, and it happens again. And sometimes it's like, you know, come on, man. Are, are we, shouldn't we be over this by now? Shouldn't I be further along? And it could be financially. It could be in relationships. Uh, you know, whatever area of your life, it can be there. And so we're answering that question, what is it that helps us get there? And today I would like to tell you that I do believe that that answer, that question that helps us get to where we need to be is the favor of God. I believe that. It is the favor of God that can help you, can help you succeed in areas that you would never be able to succeed in. It's the favor of God that can help you uh, land a promotion. It's the favor of God that can help you get the grade. It's the favor of God that can help you close a deal. It's the favor of God that can help you get the job and, and help heal your marriage. It's the favor of God. The favor of God, is what, uh, the favor of God is what God can do for you that you cannot do for yourself. That's the favor of God. I want you to know, you know that uh, I, I wrote you in an email this week is that you may not know this about me because many times that when you look at pastors, you think, okay, well, you know what? Well, this has been their whole life. This has not been my whole life. You know, I, my father was not a pastor. Uh, my, uh, my grandparents were not pastors. They were, the matter of fact, way away from that. They got saved later in their lives. And so I'm not a generational pastor. I'm not that. And if you, if you were to ask me, Jeff, what has what attributed to the success in your life? And I would tell you it'd be one thing, the favor of God. I've had the favor of God on my life, and that's why I, I am where I, where I am today, and I understand that. You know, this church has had the favor of God on it. Do you know that this church is only a little over 39 years old it, it, from its beginning? It's only had four pastors. The first pastor come and stayed 10 years uh, the second pastor stayed six months, the fourth pastor stayed seven, or the third pastor stayed seven years, and the fourth pastor ain't got no sense. He's been here over 22 years. Hey, 22 years. That's right. And I just want to tell you, you know what? He's planning on staying around about another 20 years at least, all right? So, so uh, uh, Rhonda, uh, Rhonda and I are in this together. And, uh, you know, so I just want to, but I'm saying it. That's unheard of. 
the average pastor stays about three years at a church. And so our church has been blessed, the favor of God. You know what? In, that, in those 39 years, we've had six, six different locations. And most churches at, the, at, at about the age of 25, when a church reaches 25 and ex, years in existence, usually by that time, it is starting to experience severe decline or even closure between the 25th and the 40th year. But I want to tell you what, we have the favor of God. And, and, and we're not talking about closing the doors. We're talking about expand. How can we expand God's kingdom? Amen. We got the favor of God on us. And I just want you to know that we have been favored by God. And this is what I want to tell you today. Just like I wrote you in the email this week. If I could give you anything, you say, Jeff, if you could give me anything, what, do we, what would it be? It would not be a million dollars. I would not give you a million dollars because I don't know that that would help you, but what I would give you, if I could give you anything, is the favor of God. The favor of God. You see, the favor of God doesn't keep you from going through problems. The favor of God is with you while you're in the problems. The favor of God does not keep bad things from happening to you. It just assures you that God is with you while you're going through it. And God brings you out on the other side. And what is meant for evil toward you is actually turned to your good. That's the favor of God. I mean, it takes people that are opposed to you, opposed against you. In the end, it's amazing how that God can make them side with you. It's just amazing. It's the favor of God. And so today, I want to talk to you about it. And guess who we're talking about today? What biblical character? Guess. Who? Noah. That's exactly right. Noah. That's the movie was Evan Almighty. And look at Genesis. What is it? We find the story of Noah, and this is what's amazing is that God's people are, the people on earth have gotten so bad, and God's taken action. Look what it says. It says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of his thought, of his heart, I want you to write these, I want you to underline these next seven words, starting with heart. You ready? Let's just read them together. You ready? Heart was only evil all the time. Would you just circle that statement right there? The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth. Now look at this next statement, starting at the word and. We're going to go to the next seven words. Let's read them together. You ready? And his heart was filled with, with pain. Would you circle that? Now what I want you to do is I want you to draw a line between those two because whenever our hearts are evil and whenever we do evil, it causes God pain. I just want you to know that when... When, when people are evil, it causes God pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe uh, mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. Now let's read what's underlined together. You ready? But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I want that to, you know what, when it's our time to leave this world, when it's, when it's your time, my time, I hope today that that happens for us when it's our time to leave, that someone will be able to stand over our casket and say, you, call your name out, had the, had the favor of the Lord. That, that you found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I believe that can happen for you. That's why I'm sharing this with you today. So I want to talk to you today about how to have God's favor on your life. 
Now notice that in that passage that we just talked about, how that violence, uh, if you read Noah's story, you'll find that, that violence was all over the earth. Why? Because when, when, God's, when God goes down, violence goes up. When, when we lift God up, violence goes down. When we lift God up, violence goes down. But when we, when we lift our own ways up and, and we forget God's moral, then violence goes up. And that's what we're seeing in our culture today. And, and it's, it's in, our, in our lives, in our culture. But what I want to tell you is that God's favor is not just available to pastors. I want to tell you that. God's favor is available to anybody. And today, I want you to have it. And so today, as I share these next three points with you, I pray that you will take them to your heart and that you will just put them in there and you will have God's favor. The first thing I would say is this. If you want God's favor in your life, here it is. Number one, would you write this down? Live by what God says instead of what culture is saying. Live by what God says instead of what culture is saying. That is so huge. Now, what is culture saying? Living by what culture says. Culture says this. Culture says there is, live like there is no God. In other words, you can do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. It doesn't matter who it hurts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you get what you want, then you do it. If it feels good, do it. That's what culture says. And so today we want, to, we want to say that, you know, we have to take a look. If you're going to live by what culture says, then you're not going to have the favor of God. Look what the Bible says about Noah here in Genesis 6 and 9. It says, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among, let's read this, what's underlined together. You ready? The people of his time. You know what you might want to write above that is the word culture. Because it is the people of our time that determine culture it was the culture you see and he the bible says that, that he the people of his time that he was blameless among the people of his time and he walked with god you know what culture says culture says this culture says if it's legal then it's okay let me tell you something everything that's legal is not okay with god did you hear that? Just because it's legal does not make it godly. You know, in our culture, you know what our culture says today? The culture says to all of us, well, we need to be a little more open-minded. <clears throat> Can I tell you that if we, if so many, some people are so open-minded, their brains are going to fall out. You know, you understand, I mean, like, you, you just got to be careful. Culture says we need to be more open-minded. But I don't tell you, we have to be careful that our brains don't fall out while we're doing that noah walked with god noah walked with god the bible says the only way that we can have the favor of god is that we walk with god there in this noah lived in a more wicked time than we ever thought about living in we think our day is bad we think that that it's bad in our area but i want to tell you or in the day in which we live but i want to tell you we haven't seen anything compared to the day of noah 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 was the only one that was righteous everybody else was wicked and so in Noah's day, the thing that kept Noah pure was that he walked with God. And I want to tell you today, if you want the favor of God, you begin walking with God. Amen? You begin to walk with God. Anyone or anything that tries to distract you from the ways of God is used by the devil. Now, I want to show this to you in the Scriptures. I, 
I, I, this actually, God revealed this to me last week, but there's a story in the Bible where God, one of Jesus' disciples, his followers, his name was Peter, he was very close to Jesus when he was on the earth, and he was following Jesus. And Jesus had just complimented him, said his name was Peter, and so he just come out of the statement saying, you know what, that, that, that Peter, your faith is so great. Matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my kingdom on your faith. Uh, and he's, you know, he's made this great declaration and said that, you know, you're, you're awesome and your faith is strong and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that I'm going to build on that faith you just proclaimed. And Peter's like strutting. He's like feeling it. He's like, okay, yeah, me and Jesus, just like that, you know? And then just a few moments later, we see something happen. Look what the scripture says here. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. Now notice this, watch here. Peter took him aside and began to what? <laughs> That's cocky right there, isn't it? He just took Jesus aside and said, Jesus, let me straighten you out right here now. Okay, I, I know what you're saying here. I know, I, I, I've heard what you say, but remember, I, you just said, you know, I'm the man. It's my faith. We're going to build the church on it right now. Now, let me just talk to you a minute, Jesus. You got this wrong. He took him to the side and rebuked him. Can you imagine taking Jesus aside and saying, hey, whoa, 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 Jesus, you got this wrong, Jesus? Now, before you get too happy, and before you just start throwing off on Peter a little bit, do you think that every time that we read the Bible and say, but God, I know what the Bible says, but. You know that every time you insert your but, that you're rebuking Jesus? He says this, he says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter. Look at what it was. Jesus turned and said to Peter. Let's read what he said to him. You ready? Come on, it's underlined. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, I mean, he just told Peter, hey, listen, you're going to be this great guy. Your faith is so awesome. And then Peter gets cocky and arrogant and says, well, I know what you're saying, but, you, you know, but, I know, but, but. Jesus said, oh, no, that's the spirit of the devil. Get away from me. Anytime someone tries to get you to go another way outside of the way of God's going, I don't care how good that person appears, I don't care how, how straight they seem to be as far as their Christian walk, I don't care, but when they try to get you to do something outside of God's will for your life and God's word for your life, then my friend, I'll tell you, they are be used by the enemy. And so sometimes we got to say this, good people, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I'm sorry, that spirit is wrong and so he says this you are a stumbling block to me now look at this you do not have in mind the things of who of god but the things of who you can write culture out beside that the things of man is culture so that's the decision if you want the favor of god you got to decide i want to have the things of god in mind and not the things of man culture is telling jesus where his place is in our life. You see, that instead of letting Jesus be first place, we just tell him where his place is. Now, I want to say something to you here. 
See, the problem that, that Peter was getting into, God had just praised him for his good stuff, but the problem that he got into was that he tried to get ahead of Jesus. See what I'm talking about? Isn't that amazing in our life? Do you, do you struggle with that like I do? I mean, when something comes up, I want to pray about it, and then I want to go do something about it, right? I mean, I want to pray. I'm like, okay, God, Lord, I really need you to help me here. And then as soon as I say that prayer, I'm, I'm just going off trying to figure it out. Okay, I've got this. Get out of my way. And many times when I do that, I get ahead of Jesus. And when you get ahead of Jesus, you're no longer following Jesus, right? And therefore, you become your own God at that moment, and we get ourselves in a mess, don't we? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's how, I, here's how I found to make sure that I always follow Jesus. Here it is. You ready? When I find myself, when I feel like that, if I want to stay behind Jesus and follow him, you know what I have to do? I have to spend time on my knees. It's amazing. When I spend time on my knees in prayer, I never get ahead of Jesus. But when I forget to spend time on my knees in prayer, it's amazing how quickly I can run ahead of Jesus. And so I want to tell you, if you want the favor of God in your life, do what God says and not what culture is saying. And you will have the favor of God. And the best way to do that is get on your knees. So I have this on the screen it says this if i want the favor of god you read the rest of it with me ready come on i must choose to follow jesus and not culture and so today that's your choice and today you know one of the ways that you do that is by praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. That's what it's all about. Is that when you sign up to go to heaven you'll say okay you know god save me so i don't go to hell <laughs> Well, that's not, that's not a relationship with God. No, a relationship with God is saying, God, I want you to save me so that while I'm living here on earth, I can have the favor of God and have the best life that I could ever possibly have. Right? You see, it's not just not going to hell, is it? No, 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 no. It's more like I'm here now. I, God, keep my life from being a living hell right now. Right? And so I want to follow God. And if I'm following Jesus, if I pray the prayer, Lord, come into my heart and save me, God, that means I want to follow you. And so today, if that's you and you say, I want to be a Christ follower, there's a prayer inside of your program right there that will help you take that step so that you don't jack your life up anymore by yourself. God will help you. And the only thing we ask you to do, if you do make that decision, or when you make that decision, is just mark it on the back of this connection card that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Okay, number two. The second thing that you must do to have God's favor is this, is do what God asked me to do. Do what God asked me to do. As we just saw in this movie clip of Noah. So Noah's been confronted, Noah, this wickedness, and God is all of a sudden, now he's Noah was his man, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, but now God asked him to do something. And the Bible says that God asked Noah to build this great ark. By the way, this ark was 450 feet long, it would be 75 feet high, I mean it would be 75 feet wide and 45 feet high, it would be three stories. Matter of fact, uh, Rhonda and I went up to um, 
Williamstown, Kentucky to the Ark Experience. And here's a picture to show you, show you just how big that Ark is. We did this last year with her parents. It is a great trip. I would say take your children there and go through this Ark. It was amazing. Uh, I could not, I, I, I never could understand how the workings of that happened, but the external is amazing, but the internal, matter of fact, here's another picture of us standing by the door that actually on the first floor of the ark on, from the inside, you can see how big it is and how massive it is. And I would challenge you to go there as a family vacation and walk through the ark and tour that. It'll take you about three or four hours. It's amazing as to what it looked like. But God asked Noah to build this ark. He said, I want you to do something. And here's what I want to tell you. Up until this time, Noah had spent his whole life just trying to be good, right? All this evil is around him. Just be good. And so now God is challenging Noah. He said, Noah, I haven't just saved you to be good. Now I've called you to do good. And so Noah's mind had to change. Everything when God gave him this challenge had to change. His mind had to change. His thinking began to change. God had to change his thinking. And so what I would share with you is that his, change, his thinking had to change about his budget because he had to begin to think about the material. His thinking began to change about his habits because now that he, was gonna, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He had God's plan ahead of him. He had to change his priorities, and even his relationship with God changed. Now, I want to talk to you just a second. In 1998 and 99, it was a year that God changed Stockbridge community. If it had not, remember in that movie, that the clip you just saw, where the statement by the character was playing God said this, he said, if you will build it, I will fill it. I want to tell you, in 1998, I had been the pastor of this church for almost four years. We had moved from Forest Park location to our Rex location. And I was just so discontented. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I woke up on a Monday morning like I normally do. I got up at 6 o'clock. I went down. And I went to my little office. And I went to praying and asking God. And I don't know what happened. Because I said that day, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. I said, God, if you don't show me something else, this pastor thing, I'm done. And the reason was being is because I was frustrated on the inside because our church was was only, you know, our church was concerned about the people on the inside of it. And I said, God, unless you show me something today, unless you show me something today, I'm going to sell my house, I'm going to move my wife back close to her mother, and we're going to live there. I'm going to be a Christian, but God, you got to help me. And I want to tell you, the moment that I said that was my ark experience. God revealed to me right there, he showed me the kind of church that we were to be. That we were to be a church that would reach those people who did not go to church. And that God wanted us to be an ark in our community where those people that were not saved could come and find a way to God. And so at that moment I made, I said, God, when God revealed that to me, I knew it was going to be changed, and it was a hard change. I had to change the way I thought, and, and the people that was in our church had to change the way they thought. And so we began to make changes. And one of those changes was that while we were in the middle school or having church there, while we was building this building, preparing to do that, you know, we decided that we, we got to have connect groups because people have to have connections. And, and so that's very, very important. So we stopped doing Sunday night services so that we could do connect groups. 
And I never will forget this. Listen, when you start doing what God asks you to do, everybody doesn't like it. Hello, let me say, when you start doing what God asks you to do, everybody doesn't like it, right? When Noah's hanging on the side of that boat, do you think they walked by there and said, hey, it's great. It, it had never rained before. They criticized him, and he kept working. There was a, a couple in our church, a, a, a couple that, that God had blessed them financially. And you know what? They were great contributors to our church. And I never will forget standing in that school cafeteria. She said, hey, when we go to that new church now, we're going to have Sunday night services, aren't we? I said, no, ma'am. We're going to keep our groups going. She said, well, i tell you what. She pulled out her checkbook. She said, i tell you. If we don't have Sunday night services, I'm going to leave, and I'm taking this with me. She shook her checkbook in my face. Now, I would love to tell you that I had no thoughts, but you know what? Well, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. We'll do it without you. It was not that thought. I was like, oh, crap. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that, am I? But I did. What have you got me into, God? And let me tell you something. She was a prophet. They left and took their checkbook with them. (laughs) But from that moment on, our church began to change. And it was very difficult during a change time. But at that time, Rhonda and I, I said, God, what are we to do? And God said, you got to model the way. And Rhonda and I began to look at people around us and said, God, who needs you? And our son at that time was in the second grade, and he had made a friend at his school. And all of a sudden, you know how it is when you, they start making good friends. They want to spend the night with each other and all that kind of stuff. And we, I'm sure as you, want to check the parents out. And so we began to check the parents out, and I'm going to tell you, they was as far away from God as they could be. And so we said, oh, what are we going to do? So we began to pray for them. And uh, this guy's name was Robert Frazone, and he was rough around the edges, to say the least. And many of you have known, known him and his wife, Emily. And we started, to, uh, you know, started having dinner with them and, and praying for them. And, and we invited them to church. And this is what she said to me. She said, I'm no choir girl. And he said to me, I ain't never going there. And uh, I mean, he said, it, uh, matter of fact, with a few other words in that that I cannot say today and let me know. And so anyway, so, so it's long story short, we keep building a relationship. And when we open up this church, On June of 2003, our first Sunday, Robert and Emily's Verzon were sitting right back there. The next Sunday when we come, uh, we open up again, they were there. The next Sunday, they were there. The next Sunday, they were there. And about the fifth Sunday, Emily decided to do something. She decided to open up her heart and receive Jesus into her life. And she decided that she was going to go public with that. And she got baptized. And when she got baptized, she was a changed woman. Two weeks after her baptism, we found out that this lady had stage 4 lung cancer, had no idea. The next two years, she would greet in this building. and, And here she was going through chemo and everything. And she would do everything she could to keep living. And one day, I remembered being upstairs. We went up, I went upstairs for something, and she was in the building. And it was her last couple weeks of life. And she was up there. She was struggling to breathe. And she said, Jeff, 
She said, Jeff, I'd take cancer all over again to get to experience what I've experienced the last two years. She said, this church and God has given me an opportunity for a better life. And from that day forward, friend, we have lived our lives. We exist to give people an opportunity for a better life that only comes through Jesus. And I've determined I'm never turning around. And if God says go, I'm going. And if God says build, I'm building. Whatever God says, I'm going to do it for the cause of Christ. We will never give up. We will be the church that stands in the gap and says, we love you. We don't care if the world sets to hell with you, but we will stand and say, we love you. And there's a God that can change you. And there's a God that can rearrange you. And there's a God that can save you. And we love you. We will be the church. And that's what God put in my heart. And listen, it seems like I'm, I'm telling you, we walked through hell because people didn't like it. And many people left. But I want to tell you today, because they got out of the way, we begin to be the church that we are today. And over 1,000 people since 2009 have checked on their card, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. There's a lot of people going to heaven because we built an ark. Amen. So what I want to tell you is this. This is a lesson that God has taught me. Look at the Bible says, Genesis 7 and 5. It says, so Noah did everything as God commanded him. He did everything. And here's a, here's a statement that I want to tell you that God gave me. It's on the screen. It says this. It says, I must change, choose. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. I must choose the pain of change or the pain of regret. And I want to tell you, that's what God's asking. What is God asking you to change right now? What is it in your life right now that God's asking you to change? Is it a behavior? Is it a habit? Is it a sin? What is God asking you to change? Because here's the deal. You either choose the pain of change or the pain of regret. And I decided, I made up my mind in 1998 when wrestling with God that I would go through whatever He wanted me to go through to change. That I might be, and that you might be, that we might be the church that He's called us to be. You know, look around this room right now. Just look around this room. You know what? About just a few years ago, there was probably about 45 people in this service. Max. And now God is filling the ark because we're willing to change. Amen? Okay, so the next step I have for you is that I will, I will make change. Oh, it says this. Let me read the back of the card. It says, I will make the change to do what God wants me to do. Will you check that box so I, we can pray for you this week? Because you're going to need God's help to do that. Number three. The last thing I would say, if you want the favor of God, is live by what God says instead of what culture is saying. Do what God asks you to do. But number three is wait on God. 
Wait on God. The Bible says in Genesis 7 and 6, Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. 600. Do you know that Noah had to wait 120 years before the rains ever come? 120 years. Shoot, we're so impatient today, if it don't happen in five minutes, forget it, right? Do you know that some theologians think that Noah actually had to plant the trees and grow the trees in order to have the lumber? <laughs> Patience. One of the things that I would tell you that every child must learn the difference between no and not yet. And every child of God must learn the difference between no and not yet. If we're going to have the favor of God, see, patience is a mark of maturity. A baby that doesn't get their way gets on the floor and they scream and throw a temper tantrum. An adult that doesn't get their way screams and throws a temper tantrum. You see, the, the difference between the baby and the adult is just the body, that's all. Some people grow up, but they never mature. God wants us to grow up. You see, our, our inability to wait is, many, is the source of many of our problems. Many of, us in debt, and many of us in this room right now are in debt up to our eyeballs. Why? Because we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait. And so we went ahead and threw ourselves into a situation that we regret right now. In relationships, I would dare to say a, size, a crowd the size of this in this room today, that there's many people in this room that have thrown themselves into relationships that they wish they would have waited. You see, that's what impatience causes us, is problems. And what I want you to understand is that God is never in a hurry. And the other thing I want you to understand about God is that He's always on time. My father tells me that all the time. He said, Jeff, I want you to know, God's an on-time God. <laughs> I said, yes, he is, Dad. He's on time. You know, um, any time that God seems late, that means that he's preparing you for the miracle. God's got the miracle. He, he's ready. He's already got it, but you're not ready. And so God will never give you a miracle that will become a curse to you. So unless the character, unless your character is ready to support what you're praying for, then God can't give it to you. So the best thing for you and I to do is get in, get in line with the favor of God that we can be ready for what God to send so that when God sends it to us, we'll do good with it. Amen? Amen. The Bible says this in Galatians 6 and 9, And let us not get tired of doing what is right. After a while... You see that word we? I want you to cross it out and put the word I. Would you do that right there? Let's just read that. You ready? I will reap a harvest of what? If, then would you put the, cross that out and put another I. You ready? If I don't get what? And give up. And that's the deal. How long are you willing to wait on God? Ron and I have been praying about a situation about six years it's amazing that prayer that we pray together at night how it's changed I don't know I just want to be your pastor today I'm sorry 
It's amazing how our prayers changed. Nothing's happened that we can see. Matter of fact, it seems like maybe things have gotten a little worse. But you know what? Our prayer went from God, please do this, to my prayer went to God, I just thank you. I thank you, God, that what I cannot see, you're already doing. I thank you, God, that you are working a miracle, Lord, and I don't know how long it's going to take, but God, we're here to tell you that we're going to stand right here, that every day we get up, we're going to expect a miracle. And if it doesn't happen today, we're not going to get discouraged. We're not going to throw in the towel. We're going to say, God, we don't, you've disappointed us. No, we know that you're working the miracle right now. And what I'm here to declare, God, is I'll wait as long as it takes, and I will not get discouraged. I will not give up. Sort of like the Chinese bamboo. You know, I don't know if you heard the story of the Chinese bamboo, but the Chinese bamboo, you put the plant in the ground, you water it, first year, nothing happens. Second year, you keep water. Second year, nothing happens. Third year, you keep water, nothing happens. Fourth year, you keep water, nothing happens. Fifth year, oh, it's surely coming now. You keep water. Matter of fact, most of us right now quit after the first year, right? We're like, shoot, this thing ain't going to dig it up, put something else. Give me a Bradford pear, right? <laughs> Sucker goes up in a minute. Great Myrtle, right now. But the sixth year, if you keep watering, baby, all of a sudden, in 24 hours, that thing will grow three feet. In six weeks, in the sixth year, it'll be 80 feet tall. You say, Pastor Jeff, what was it doing? I'll tell you what it was doing. God was getting it ready. Because, see, it's got to be stronger under the surface than it is above the surface. And so it was letting it, God was letting its roots grow way out. So when it got time for the miracle to happen, that it could support the miracle. I'm telling you that many of you right now got a Chinese bamboo going on in your life. You've been praying a long time, God. I've been paying my tithe. I've been reading the Bible, God. I've been serving in your church. I've been sharing my faith. And God, I've been doing it all. And God would tell you today through me is this. is that you just hold on, baby. You've got the favor of God. And just because you haven't seen it right now doesn't mean it's going to happen. You hold on. And just in a day that you expect not, all of a sudden you're going to see something shoot up out of the ground in your spirit. And God is going to put a miracle in your life. And that relationship's going to change. That job's going to change. That baby you've been praying about is going to change. And God's going to do it. Amen? Come on, would you stand with me right now? How many of you right now would like to say, Pastor Jeff, I'd love to receive my miracle. Would you just raise your hand? Come on, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we want the favor of God. And God, we know the favor of God brings the miracle of God. And so, Lord, right now, as we stand here as your people and pray, we believe you, oh God, that you're going to do what you said you would do. And God, there's some people that are walking through a valley right now, God, and they can't see any daylight, but today you have brought them to Stockbridge community, Lord, that their head may be lifted up just a little bit, and they can see that there's a ray of hope ahead of them, and that's the Son of God reaching out and saying, I got this, I got this, you're going to be all right, your family's going to make it, your finances are going to be okay, because I'm going to pull you through. God, today we receive that. It's your word for us. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's stand and let's worship Him together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.